Go ahead and grab a seat, guys. Um, Good morning. My name is Ricky. I am one of the pastors here. Um, Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Love you too, man. Um, I've only been here just a few weeks, but I just want to tell you I love this church. Um, We've just loved it. My wife and I, Chrissy, have just loved it from the beginning, just coming here, hearing from uh, just the preaching of God's word that everything is just centered on the gospel. Uh, my kids love it. They love those Krispy Kremes. Um, you know, yeah, I love them too. Uh, yeah. um, but they're so good. Um, so, and, and just want to thank you for welcoming us. You guys have been just so welcoming to our family. And so we so glad to be joining uh, this family here. So um, happy Father's Day. So if you're a dad, uh, happy Father's Day. Just want to say thank you. We appreciate you. It is tough being a dad. I have three kids of my own, and sometimes you're like, oh, gosh, I love my kids. And other times you're like, oh, man, um, <laughs> such a blessing to have kids. Um, so um, I know it's tough to, to lead and love uh, your family, so good job, dads. Uh, keep it up. Keep pursuing Jesus. Um, so this morning, I'd like you to open your Bibles to John chapter 15, and we're going to take a look at what it means to be associated with Jesus. And, uh, but first, I'd like to just kind of share a story with you about two men that were associated with Jesus. He feels that his body is getting tired. It's been an incredibly long day. All of the adrenaline that has just been pumping through his body has just worn off. He feels that his eyes are getting heavy, but it's, but it's hard to sleep when you're in jail. And he looks across at the man next to him, and, and he doesn't seem quite as tired. He seems a little bit more awake. You see, the, the two of them were thrown in jail together. They, they had been out talking to the people, speaking to the people, and before that they were speaking to the people, they see this, this man, this, this, this man walk, which is crazy because he was a cripple right before that. He couldn't walk, and they had been talking about everything that they had experienced together for hours, but, but now things are getting a little bit quieter. The, the night's dragging on, and then he whispers to the man across the cell, and he says, Peter, Peter, what do you think is going to happen in the morning? What do you think is going to happen when they come for us? And the man whispers back in, and he says, John, uh, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know what's going to happen. And then he hears it. Lots of feet approaching, the the sound of metal clanging, the, the whispers are getting louder and louder. They're coming. And then the soldiers, they they arrive and they open up the the cell door and they grab Peter first and then they drag both of them and then they throw them in front of a crowd of people and they all start interrogating them, asking them questions, accusing them of all of these things. What would they say? What would they do? What was going to happen? And then John is just reminded of something that his teacher, Jesus, had told him to him just weeks earlier. If the world hates you, it hated me first. But because you don't belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, the world 
would hate you. And so and this is kind of a description from uh, about the disciples of Jesus, John and Peter, as they're arrested in Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4. Because they had been sharing about Jesus, they've been preaching the gospel, and then they are thrown in jail, and then they're thrown in front of all the religious authorities to be interrogated. And I wonder if, as John is sitting in, the, in prison the first time, if this is just going through his mind of what Jesus had told him. And if it, how, how it would have encouraged him as he was facing this persecution. And how it might encourage us today in, in any of the opposition that we may face. And so... We've been reading through John chapter 15, and Jesus had been, he, he's just been teaching uh, about abiding in him, and that if you abide in me and follow me, you'll bear fruit, and hey, that, that, that you should love one another, and, and all of these things. And then he makes this transition in verse 18, and he says, if the world hates you, it hated me first. And, and then later on, he says, you'll be persecuted, and maybe even killed. And so when, when, I was, when I met with Austin and Mo and said, hey, yeah, we'd like to join City Light. We're, we're in. This is where God is calling to us. And they were so welcoming and so excited. And they said, hey, we want to get you up there preaching, you know. Uh, and then Austin, <clears throat> excuse me, Austin texted me the next day like, oh, hey, man, it'll be June 18th. You know, here's the passage you'll be going to covering in John. And I was like, all right, that's awesome. You know, hey, let me, let me just check it out. Let's see what we're going to be covering on June 18th. Um, all right, yeah, so if, if the world hates you, yeah, that's really encouraging. And, you know, like last week, Austin preached, and he did a great job, and he gets to be like, oh, just abide in Jesus, live in the life of Jesus. Yeah, abide with Jesus. And then I get to get up here and be like, yeah, the world's going to, you might die. <laughs> you know? And so, I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, this is what Jesus is telling his disciples that that they're going to face some opposition. Now, I mean, if I was Jesus, I would at least kind of cushion this, right? I mean, he's just like, hey, love one another, and just the world's going to hate you. Boom. I would at least just kind of soften this to be like, hey, you know, not everybody's going to like you sometimes. But, I mean, I mean, who like, you're not going to be, I mean, who's liked by everyone anyways, right? You know, it's not that big a deal. Or, hey, you might not get as many Facebook friends and not as many thumbs up on every Instagram picture you post. You know, it's, it's not that bad. Um, I just kind of soften, soften the blow. And I mean, if you're Jesus and you want all of these people to come to you and to know you uh, and, and to attract followers to you, this isn't really a great growth strategy, Right? I mean, it's like, hey, have you been, do you know about casting vision, Jesus? You know, because if you're casting vision, let's talk about the positives. You know, let's not talk about the negatives. Let's talk about the positives. Like, oh, man, if you follow me, man, life is so much better. Oh, gosh, you know, it's hot outside. Well, it's hot in hell. But in heaven, it's like total air conditioning all the time. Perfect temperature, no burning. Yeah, come with me. You know, that would just be a little bit kind of a nicer sales pitch uh, and, and everything. And there are benefits to following Jesus. You know, yes, we do get to spend eternity with him forever. And, and yes, uh, his spirit does live inside us and we are able to fight sin and know God. Uh, but at the same time, God is saying, hey, there is a real cost to following me, uh, which, I, which I kind of like because Jesus is shooting us straight. Right? He's not trying to pull a fast one on us. He's not trying to trick us. 
Um, he's not trying to, to tell us something that isn't, that, hey, if you just follow me, life's going to be peachy and everything's going to be comfortable because he doesn't promise that to people who follow him. He never says, hey, if you come follow me, life's going to just be smooth sailing from here on out. But I like that honesty that, that he has uh, with us, but at the same time, that's a little hard, right? I mean, because in life, when, when we're faced with doing something, we kind of know, hey, what's in it for me? Right? How is this going to benefit me? And, and, and that's hard. But at the same time, Jesus loves his disciples. He loves them. He cares for them. And he, and he wants to say, hey, this is coming your way. I want, you to, I want to prepare you about this hardship that you're going to be faced and we see this progression in John 16 that it goes from, hey, the world's going to hate you, you're going to be persecuted, and even killed. And all the disciples that Jesus is telling this to, all of them except for one, were killed for their faith. I mean, the one that wrote this book, John, he was the only one that wasn't killed, but yet he was still exiled and then thrown into a vat of boiling oil and just somehow lived through that. And, and so Jesus is preparing them for this because he loves them, because he doesn't want them to fall away. And, and, and many times when we think of persecution, that's how we kind of think about it, right? Hey, you're going to be thrown in jail, or hey, you're going to be killed for your faith. And, and you know what? Around the world, that, that does happen. I mean, that is a reality for, for many people as they decide, hey, am I going to follow Jesus? Am I really going to live this life? And they're deciding between those things. And, and, and for most of us, if we're following Jesus, that isn't a decision that we're faced with. Right? I mean, I've, I've never woken up in the morning and were like, hey, okay, am I going to choose to follow Jesus or go to jail because of that? Right? I mean, in the opposition that, that we might face will look a little bit differently, typically. Many times, you know, it's like, okay, hey, am I going to have some really awkward conversations with people? Am I going to be ridiculed? Is somebody going to not like me as much? Um, is somebody going to think that I'm just a hater or something like that. Um, but, but, but Jesus, again, he's warning his disciples and he's warning us today, hey, if you want to follow me, this is what's coming at you. Buckle up. Be prepared. Know what you're getting into. And so what is the reason that Jesus is giving his disciples that they're going to be hated by the world? Um, and, and so he tells them, verse 18, um, you know, he says, um, well, and, and so he says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And then later on he says, a servant is not greater than, his, than its master. So he's saying, you are not greater than, than Jesus. The servant is not greater than the master. If they persecuted me, the master, they're going to persecute you, the servants. And, and if they will do these things to you, because of my name, because of the name of Jesus. And so we, if you're following Jesus, the reason that you're going to be, be hated is because you're hated by association and who you are associated with. We're, we're associated with Jesus. And, and just to clarify one thing, if you're reading through this passage, and, you, and I think sometimes the tendency is to think, okay, this is... This is the followers of Jesus versus the world, versus everyone else, right? And, and that's not really what he's talking about. When he says the world, he's talking about the, basically like evil, 
the, the, the world of unbelief. This, this world is in opposition to God. It, it's deceived in not knowing Jesus. And so that, that is the world that, that hates us if we're following Christ. It's not us versus them. Because in Ephesians 6, Paul says this. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't, we don't wrestle against people but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So he's saying we're we're facing against, it's a spiritual battle against this world that is deceived, that doesn't know Christ. Because when it comes to people, we're to love people. It's not us versus them. We're to love them, to care for them, show, show them that there's something else. Even when they don't agree with us, even when they don't like us, we're still called to love this world. Our battle isn't against them. Um, and, and in case you're facing persecution or some sort of opposition, you feel this tension uh, in your life of, of the world or other people against you, don't think that's because God doesn't like you. Don't be thinking like, man, is this happening because God's mad at me? Because he's disappointed with me or because I've sinned or something like that. No, it's happening because you're following Jesus, because of who you're associated with, that you're associated with Christ. And he warned us that this was going to happen because we're, we're associated with Jesus. And, and being associated with someone could be kind of a, a positive or a negative thing. I mean, if, if, maybe if you're from a smaller town, you might be a little bit more familiar with this. I mean, there are certain people that, that maybe you're treated differently or you were treated differently, poorly or good, because, because of your last name, because of who your parents are. Oh, man, you're so-and-so's boy. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and then all of a sudden, hey, that's a good thing. Or it might be, oh, your brother? Well, I bet you're just as rotten as him. Um, something like that, because, because of the name that you carry. You're associated with them. And so this week, um, as I was getting, getting on staff and, and learning, you know, getting to know other people, you know, I was talking with Ben, and he leads the high school ministry. He's on staff here, and so we're talking. And so I find out that Ben is a huge Bears fan. And, uh, you know, Chicago Bears, NFL, and, you know, which already makes me question his intelligence. Um, and if you're like, well, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, well, I might question your intelligence too. Um, <laughs> So, um, so you know, he, he's a Chicago Bears fan, and we're talking about that. And then we start talking about fantasy football, you know, where you, you kind of pick players from around the league and hope you, they do well in the game. You know, if they pass a touchdown, you get points, and you hope you get more points to the other team. And so we're talking about fantasy football, and, um, and you know, that's, that's what we do at work here at City Light. Um, so we're talking about that. And, he, and so he said, well, if, if that he won't draft players from the Packers because, you know, the Bears and the Packers in the same division, they're kind of rivals. He's like, you know, so, and he said, you know, if, if the draft is going on and Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, is still available, yeah, I, I just can't draft him. You know, which, which is just ridiculous, right? It's just not a good strategy. I mean, it's like, well, you can pick Jay Cutler from the Bears. You know, he's throwing picks. He's hurt. You know, hey, he's, he's not that good, guys. It's not my fault. You know, I can't make him good. Um, and so he's just like, I just can't draft him. And, but the reason he can't do that isn't because he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. It's because of who Aaron Rodgers is associated with. Aaron Rodgers is associated with and carries the name of the Packers, which is in opposition to the Bears, which Ben is a huge Bears fan. 
Because of who he's associated with, he doesn't like him. And it's the same way for us. Because of who we're associated with, because we carry the name of Jesus, then the world is in opposition to us. It, it is against us. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, because you're hated by this association, you're hated by who you're associated with, namely the name of Jesus. But it isn't just because of that. That isn't the only reason the world hates you. You're also hated because of where you're associated with. And so look in verse 19. Verse 19, he says, um, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not, circle that word, underline it, not of the world, but I chose you, circle that, chose, highlight, underline, you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. We are not associated with this world. If you're following Jesus, you don't belong to this world. And Jesus is saying, hey, if if you aren't following me, then the world will like you. But if you are following me, the world is going to hate you. And, you know, the the conversations that we have about Jesus with others, I mean, I know that they can be awkward in in the life that we live. And if you're here today and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, but you're not feeling maybe some of that opposition or tension in your life from the world because you're a follower of Jesus, maybe it's because you're not following him that closely. Because Jesus is saying, you don't belong to this world. You belong to me. And I've chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So the, 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 the things that this world values, the way that this, this world thinks, that isn't you. We think differently. And, and in Romans 12, it says this. Paul says this, 12 two, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may test and discern what the will of God is. Don't be like the world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because we don't want to think like the world. We want to think like Jesus. And, and that's one of the reasons that we are always reading from the Bible, from the scriptures, and that we're preaching this and that why we're encouraging you to, to soap, you know, to get in the word daily, to be hearing from God is because we don't belong to the way that this world thinks. We want to be hearing from Jesus. We belong to him. Jesus, what do you want to say to me? What do you, how do you want me to think? How do you want me to live? And we want to be reading that from God's word as he's speaking to us. And as we continue to press into Jesus, as we continue to hear from him, belong to him, the more that we look like him and the less that we look like the world. And Jesus is saying, because of that, because you're abiding in me, because you're bearing fruit, because you're loving one another, some of these things, because then the world doesn't like you. You're, you don't belong to them. You're not one of them. And so we are hated by our association with Christ, and we're hated um, because of where we're associated with. We're not associated with this world. And then Jesus comes to verse 22 through 25, which I'm going to admit that these verses are kind of confusing. I mean, they're, they're, they're hard. And if you're reading these, you know, Jesus says, um, there in verse 22, you know, says, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now I, now I have no excuse, but now they have no excuse for, for their sin. And so it, it kind of sounds like, wait a minute, 
Jesus, because you came, because you've, you've taught these things, because you've performed these miracles, you're saying now these people are guilty of sin. So if you wouldn't have come, would, you, would everyone have just been innocent? Because then it makes it sound like it's better for you to not have come, so they're innocent. And that's not what Jesus is saying. And he's talking about their sin, like the sin of hating Jesus. Because Jesus came, because he taught what he taught and he performed miracles he did, they hated Jesus. And so that's the sin that he's talking about, their sin of unbelief, their sin of rebellion against God. And then there in verse 25 when he says, but the, world, um, but the, world, the word that is written uh, in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. And what he's saying there is that Jesus didn't, didn't do anything wrong. He didn't commit any sin that caused them to hate him. He, he exposed their sin. He exposed the sin of unbelief against them as he taught, as he performed these miracles. And so then why did they hate Jesus? You know, if they, they <clears throat> why did they hate him? I mean, first is because through, through his teaching, through his life, he did expose their sin. I mean, it says this in John 13, or 3, sorry, <clears throat> 3, 19 through 20. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Talking about Jesus. Jesus has come into the world, the light. And, but the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Jesus exposed their darkness. He's the light. He's showing you, hey, you're lost. Your, your deeds are evil. He's exposing their evil hearts. He's exposing their sins. And, and, and the same is true for us today, right? I mean, nobody likes to be shown their sin. Nobody likes to be shown, hey, this is where you fall short and where you really mess up. I mean, I've never been in a conversation where it's like, hey, man, you know all the sins that you're doing? Well, let me just name off a few. Boom, boom, boom. And someone's like, oh my gosh, thank you. Oh man, high five. You're a good friend. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just not one of those fun things that we like because we all like to think we're a pretty good person, right? I'm a pretty, I'm a, I'm a good person. I just mess up here and there. And we don't, we don't like to be shown, hey, maybe that we're farther away from God than we like to think, even if we don't really believe in Jesus. And, and, and if you're following Jesus today, one, one of the ways that, that God is, is going to use you and that you might feel this tension is if you're following Jesus and you're living differently than the world. Not, some people are attracted to that. Like, oh man, hey, some, there's something real. Jesus is real in their life. They're taking this really seriously. Oh man, I feel like they have something that I don't. And that might be some sort of attraction, but many times it's, People don't, maybe people don't even like to be around you for that. They see the life that you're living, maybe the way that you spend their money, maybe the way that the physical kind of relationships that you're not living, you know, like, oh man, hey, I'm just saving myself for marriage and I'm not going to live with my fiance until we get married. <clears throat> people might be like, oh man, what, what? Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Because 
And they, they might not like it because it's kind of exposing their sin, their life. And they might not even want to hang out with you at times. And if, if you're sitting here like, oh, man, yeah, people, man, that must be me. I, you know, nobody really likes to hang out with me. Oh, it any of times. You know, maybe it's just because you're a jerk and a turd and nobody likes you. Um, I don't know. Um, come hang around me. I'll shoot you straight. Um, so, I mean, that, that's one of the ways that we could show it is, th- is through our life. You know, if we're following Jesus, that can be exposing sin to, to others. But at the same time, talking about it. I mean, if you, if you kind of point sin out in somebody's life or in the world, I mean, boom, it is coming. Man, you can't judge me. Who are you to judge? And, and that's just one of the wor- words in this world that people don't like, sin. Hey, that's sin. That, that's not God's best for us, right? And it's just like, well, you can't tell me how to live my life. You can't say that. And, and but the reality is, is that this world is utterly sinful, it is lost in darkness. It is, it, all of us, myself included, we have crashed into the holiness of God. His standard, his way. And he created everything. He has authority. He determines what is right. He determines what is wrong. He determines what is sin. Not us, not our culture, not any of those things. He is going to say, this is good. And that, that's an incredibly hard message today. I mean, in certain, again, in certain things, if you just say something, people just fire up because it's exposing their sin. It's exposing their separation from God. Now, now, we're not to go around playing behavior police, you know, and just like, hey, let's zap everybody. Zap, zap, zap. Hey, you know what you're doing wrong? Zap. Because, again, that's it's like, that guy's not cool. Um, and, and the thing is, is, that's not what we need. That's not what someone else needs. We don't just need to get our behavior together so that we can really be good and not sin. That isn't the gospel. We need a savior. We need someone that has been that perfection for us because we can't get it. And and that's the other thing that people hated Jesus for is because he claimed to be their savior. He said, I'm God, and the only way to God is through me. And, and, and that's what the disciples were persecuted for. They, they were thrown in jail because they were preaching Christ crucified and that under, that under the name of Jesus, there is no salvation outside of Christ. And, and again, that, that's, we feel that tension today. We really do. I mean, just in the last couple of weeks, there's a political figure that was just blasting another political figure because he said, if someone has rejected Christ, they don't know God and stand condemned. I mean, and, and we feel it, right? Man, if you want to tell somebody like, hey, man, you, you're, you're, you don't know God because the only way to God is through Jesus, man, we, we feel that. It feels, it feels exclusive. Doesn't God love everybody? Doesn't, doesn't he love me? What about these people? What about those people? And, and we like to have this thought of, hey, we, we can all find our way to God. You know, God, God's up on top of this mountain, and, and, and all roads lead to him, and we could find our way, and you pick your way, and I pick my way. And the thing, the reality is, is that we can't find our way to God. None of our ways work. 
Jesus came down off the mountain. We can't get up there. Jesus came down to us, pursued us, sought us out and said, you can't make it. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to die for you so that you, you can't find me. I found you. And the only way that you can know me, the only way that you can actually be saved from your sin is through Christ. And again, I, I, I get it. You know, the, the, the world doesn't, doesn't like that, that message. It, it, it's hard to deal with. It's, it's hard to follow Jesus. And, and that, that's one of the reasons why we encourage you guys to get in a city group. Because you can't do this alone. Have some people come alongside of you, praying for you, encouraging you. Because it is tough. But, th- but there's even something better. Because if Jesus would have just stopped the passage there and just said, hey, this is all going to happen to you. The world's going to hate you. It's going to persecute you. Um, it, it, we might be like, what? thanks for the heads up. That kind of kind of stinks. Um, But Jesus gives us hope. Look at verse 26. Look look in verse 26, but. It's a big but. I like big buts. Um, (laughs) Cannot lie. Um, Like them. Um, So, uh, but when the helper comes, um, whom, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And, he, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. We are hated by our association with Christ and not of this world, but we are helped by our association. We are helped by our association with Christ. I mean, this is awesome. So because of that association with Christ, he says, he will be with us. Because you are mine, because you belong to me, I will be with you. You will have my spirit. Jesus goes so far later in 16 to say, it is better that he goes so that we can get the spirit. It is better for you to have me in you than me beside you. You get God in you, the power The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you if you've trusted in Christ. He lives in you. So as you strive to follow Jesus, which you can't do on your own, he is helping you. He is empowering you, guiding you, reminding you. When you forget who you really are, his spirit is testifying to you that you are a child of God. He keeps speaking to you that you are his, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are accepted, not because of anything that you've done, but because of what I have done. I am with you. I am in you. And he bears witness. Jesus says that the Spirit bears witness through us. That not not only is this power working in us, but is working through us as we live our lives, as we try to shine the light and talk about Christ to the world. And and this this is mentioned again over in Acts with John and Peter many times. After they, when they're thrown before those all those religious leaders and being interrogated, the text says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said, bam, the Spirit gave him the words to say. And so if you're ever facing a situation where you're thinking, man, I just, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, the Spirit will give you the words to say. And you know what, you might think, well, that came out really weird or anything. There's, the Spirit is working. 
He is with you. And, and I love this because Jesus isn't just saying like, hey, the world's going to hate you and everything. Just go be awesome. Go be strong. Toughen up. Yeah. He knows that we are weak. He knows that, that, that we need his help. And he's saying you can't do this on your own. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So any situation you face, any, any of those, he is bigger and stronger than that situation. That doesn't mean that he's going to take you from it, but he'll take you through it. He will give you the strength. He will empower you to not fall away. Because John and Acts, I mean, John could have avoided the persecution. He could have avoided going to jail. I mean, he, they, they even said, hey, just stop talking about Jesus. Just stop it. You could avoid all this. But the Spirit was with him. God was giving him strength. And, and then he's thrown in jail, and they're, they're interrogated. And then they go back to the other disciples, and what did they all pray? I mean, this is a time, after you're thrown in jail, you're beaten. To me, this is a time, let's lay low. Let's let the dust settle. Let's take a break. Maybe we'll preach Jesus next week. You know, let's talk some more fantasy football. Let's do this. But they pray for more boldness. Because why? Because the Spirit is in them, with them. I mean, we, we can avoid being disliked. We can avoid the world being opposed to us, this world of unbelief. I mean, and, and let's face it, we... Many times, we, w- we will avoid it. If we're chose with, hey, I'm, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to live for Christ, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody, or I'm going to face some really awkward conversations and maybe you're not being liked, many times we will avoid following Christ to gain that acceptance. And, and man, this is where I struggle. Because I like to be liked. I don't like to have awkward conversations about Jesus all the time. I like to have awkward conversations, but maybe not about Jesus. And we can avoid it. But something that, that, that God was really pressing on me this week as I was just reading through this was, do you trust that I am with you? Do you trust my presence? Do you trust my power? that I am at work in you, that I am at work around you, that I am at work through you? Do you trust that, that I'm with you, Ricky? Because that there, there's some things that I can do through you. Just please trust me. Are you, are you trusting that God's presence is really with you? Do you believe that he's gonna do something through you? Because there is no hope outside of Christ for this world. There is no hope outside of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for any of us. This world is lost. It is dead in its sin. It is in darkness. And it, none of us can know God without Christ. And, and, and honestly, lots of times I, I think, well, hey, that, that person seems to be doing okay. I mean, they're not an awful person. They got a car. They have a house. I mean, I mean, what do they really need? Well, they need Christ. 
And God was just really pressing on me this week. Ricky, do you really ache? Does your heart ache for people to know me? And I really had to say, well, sort of, when it's comfortable. I mean, I want you, Jesus, but just kind of just enough. I want to follow you, Jesus, but just that much. And God was saying, well, my heart aches for them. I love them. I want them to know me. I want to save them from their sin to myself. And so, do I really trust that power and presence of God with me? And I know that those conversations can be awkward, especially when we're talking about the gospel and we're talking about Jesus and how somebody can know him. But I mean, but think of one person. Just think of one person. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's, maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's the person that you're sitting next to. Think of one person and say, man, there is no hope outside of Jesus Christ. And they need to know Jesus, and I want them to meet their Savior. And just start praying for them. Start pursuing them. Start, start hanging out with them. Start, start sharing what Jesus has done in your life. Not because they're some project of yours, but because you love them, because you genuinely care for them, and you want them to know Jesus. And I, I understand it's hard. I understand it's awkward. But think of that one person. And, and, and let's be pursuing Christ with everything that we have. Abide in me and you'll bear fruit. Let's pursue him with everything that we have. Be sharing the gospel. Be bold. Pray for more boldness. I, I know that we're not, I'm not naturally bold by myself, but if I just say, God, I need your help. I know that you're with me. I know that you're in me. Please help me to be bold. Help me to share you with others. Help me to live the life that you're calling me to live, even when that makes no sense to the world around me. Trust him. I mean, because why, why would we give our lives to Jesus? Why, why, would we, why would we be willing to face being persecuted, being thrown in jail? Why would we be willing to, be, to, be, to face persecution? Because Jesus faced the ultimate persecution for you. He was crucified on a cross. Why would, why, would, why would we be willing to face being hated by the world because Jesus faced the hatred of God towards your sin and he satisfied it. He died the death that we should have died. Why would I be willing to be ridiculed by the people around me or the people at work because I know that Jesus is my advocate and as Satan, the accuser, is ridiculing me and accusing me to God the Father, Jesus is interceding on my behalf. Why would I be willing to even maybe die for Christ? Because he died for me. He died in my place. Not because I did anything to deserve it, not because I'm good, but while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And so, as you're thinking about that, you know, if you're a believer in Christ, always be keeping the gospel right there in front of you and say like, hey, I can do this because God is with me. I can live for Jesus. I can follow him. I can trust his presence. I can trust his power. Because God is with me, 
Christ did it for me. And if you're a person here today and, and you haven't trusted in Christ, you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't really know Jesus. I don't really know if I believe all this. It's kind of weird. You know, I'd love to tell you that, hey, if you, if you trust in Christ and you give your life to Christ, man, life will just be so much better and it'll be, it'll be awesome and it'll be comfortable. But the reality is, is it probably means that it's going to be a little tough, maybe really tough. Following Jesus and knowing him isn't always the, t- the easiest thing. But I can tell you this, there is nothing like knowing Jesus. If you don't know Christ, there is something so incredible about knowing that the creator of the universe has died for you and says, you are forgiven because of what I've done for you. And now you can know me. You could cross over from life or from death to life, life eternal in Jesus. I just want to say God is inviting you into his life, into that relationship with him, if you trust him. And if you're thinking about that today, I encourage you, man, talk to somebody. Talk to me, talk to Mo, talk to Austin, talk to somebody else on staff here. Just talk to someone and just say, man, is this really worth it? I guarantee you he's worth it.